welcome back to the 12 questions podcast this is alex young uh i am playing good cop and bad cop today because anna venezuela is out there making money making that skriller you know because uh comedy doesn't pay until it does but until then we are here we are with you we love you we care about you and all that good stuff uh we have a really fun guest in the house tonight what's up Hey, it's Dave Yates. That's my name. And uh, Dave, uh, damn it, you identified yourself. I was supposed to ask you how do you want to identify, but uh, yeah, how do you identify, Dave? Uh, with my name. Oh, with your name. That's solid. <laughs> Usually, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, for the sake of the podcast, like uh, I'm an alcoholic slash human dumpster. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Is it on fire today or not? Uh, not, not these days, but you know. How long has that dumpster fire been out? Uh, for s- almost six years now. Six years. Yeah. How long was it on? <laughs> uh, for a little, like 20 years, maybe. 20 years. Maybe. Oh, that's solid. 20 years of uh, burning bright trash heap. Mmm, <laughs> my type of trash. Yeah. I love it. I love it, dude. How was your day? Uh, day's all right, man. Just... Uh, Work during the day, do comedy at night, the, mm-hmm. the old song and dance, uh, you know, podcast with uh, Alex. You know, that's that's how my day is going. <laughs> I love it. Hey, it's not bad. It's a it's a good seven, right? Solid seven of a day. Yeah, man. It's Tuesday. Could be worse. That's right. And we, we met at the store about, what, a year and a half ago? I think it was more than that, man. I think I was I was just visiting at the time before mm-hmm. I moved out here. That's and right. I met you like two years ago, maybe. Because like, before I lived here, I was visiting just to mm-hmm. make sure like I could like at least see myself existing out here. So I think a lot of people just come out here and not like without investigating first mm-hmm. and a lot of those people are the first to move the fuck back where they came Ooh, like i knew a friend that uh moved out here once and i think he lasted like three months before are he, you serious yeah three months before he had to go back so like when oh, i moved man. out here i was like all right i need to beat three months <laughs> like yeah, if look. i can if i can exist out here for four months then if i don't get my comedy special in three months i'm moving back home no it's not even that man it's just <laughs> can i feed myself for four months in oh. la <laughs> and I, we met in the probably one of the douchiest ways uh through checking out each other's vape pens <laughs> i won't ever admit to that <laughs> You plead the fifth on the vape case? Yeah, man. I'm so discreet when I use the vapor box. Like, I fucking... It's a, the, hard, the worst thing about vaping is actually doing it. Like, there's I no know. there's no non-douchey way to do it. There isn't. Like, I usually, like, I'll excuse myself. I'll step outside and yeah. I'll go in the corner and I'll, <laughs> I'll blow the hits to the ground just so people don't notice that what I'm doing looks horrible oh man yeah you you can't even look not douchey inside of a fog like that's how bad yeah man and it's just like i've heard all all of the things it's just like i i hope it blows up in my face i truly do like i hope this (laughs) thing ends it for me and then you all will be happy that you confirmed that the vapor box is dangerous it's been on your tombstone it says what you vaping on bro They just say, here lies douche. Uh, Here lies the douche. Yeah, that died via a box mod. In a strawberry vanilla, yeah. And even meeting, we we got off pretty well, and then I saw you again, 
Uh, I guess when you like really like packed all your bags up and just came to town and says, "Hey, we're gonna fucking do this." How long were you doing comedy back? What Chicago, right? Uh, well, no, uh, Central Illinois. So Central. like, I'm from Illinois. Mm. I spent a lot of years in Chicago, but I didn't start doing comedy till I moved to Central Illinois. So like, my home club was in Bloomington, Illinois first, and that's about two hours south of Chicago. And then when that closed, uh, the jukebox in Peoria was my last home club. So okay, no Peoria. Yeah. So I was. Uh, about I was about six years. Now I just I just hit seven years in January. So like yeah, six years doing comedy before making the move. So yeah, and then wow. So you've been sober the whole time. No, I've, I I've been uh, I've been sober a little less than I've been doing comedy because like in 2011 uh, I uh, needed like something to replace the alcohol because I was gonna try to like quit mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. So like I quit drinking uh, and started doing stand up comedy on New Year's of 2011. Mm -hmm. So uh, and that was working out good. Like I didn't touch a drop of alcohol for an entire year until the following New Year's. You know, uh, I mean, I was still getting high as a Georgia pine and eating acid and shit. But like nice. for me, that was as sober as I've ever been. Was not drinking and doing stand up comedy, just high as a kite. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided to drink again, like it was like I never stopped, and I lost everything in three months. Damn. Uh, went to rehab came out of rehab with like 34 days sober and uh was back on stage so i mean okay so like i yeah comedy's i got like a little bit over a year more uh of my life than sobriety does Damn. oh dude that's that's freaking wild so like what do you what do you think that uh that drove you back to like drinking after that year Oh, because I thought it, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. That's <laughs> I graduated. It, it, like, yeah, I mean, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol for an entire year. Like, I'm not even like not even like just a casual. Like, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol from New Year's 2010 to New Year's 2000 uh, or New Year's 2011 to New Year's 2012. Like, I didn't touch a drop of it like i was i mean i was high as shit all the time and i yeah. was eating acid and snorting lines and shit like i was still a dumpster you know but like i mean my life was a little bit manageable at that point um and then as soon as i touched alcohol again it all went to shit it was like i never stopped drinking so like the reason i went back to it was because i'm like oh you know i can't be an alcoholic because i haven't touched a drop of alcohol in a year mm -hmm. and like if i was a real alcoholic that there's no fucking way I'd been able to do that. You right, know? So that for that year, were you a dry drunk? Did you do any like work on yourself? Or? No, I mean, no. My work on myself was doing comedy and like smoking fucking bongs. Like, okay. that, I mean, you know, doing the occasional DMT trip. You know, okay. <laughs> hanging out with God for twenty minutes. Super hippie-ish. Yeah, man. Fucking oh. pocket crystals, Grateful Dead. You know, dude, and the beard. It works. Uh, yeah, I'm never like yeah. I've never not had a beer. <laughs> like, dude, that's awesome, <laughs> man. So yeah, with that in mind, like, what did your surrender look like to you? Oh, dude, I just I I I mean, it was like I just I wanted to kill myself. Like, I mean, I, like I would wake up every day, I would be pissed off I was still alive, and then I would keep drinking. You know, like I mean. It was really like I had no other options, you know, because like I proved I couldn't drink anymore because like even without it for a year when I started again, I, I like I hadn't stopped. And like like the pivotal moment wasn't anything crazy. It was I was on the phone with my mom and I was telling her like what state I was in. And she's like, look, like your insurance runs out when you turn 26. So like if you want to go get help, like this is the cheapest time it's ever going to be for you to get help. So like. 
not necessarily did I want to stop or anything, but like it registered in my fucking shitty ass brain. I was like, oh, this is the economical way to go get help. So like oh, I checked funny. myself into rehab uh, April. So, tw- fis- so fiscally responsible. <laughs> yeah. April, April 23rd of 2012. And uh, I haven't picked up since. So damn good stuff. And out in Peoria. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, so I lived in Bloomington, but, like, my home club was in Peoria. Oh, that's right. So it was, like, 42 minutes west of where I was living. But, yeah, like, I got sober. Uh, Bloomington, Illinois is famous for the Beer Nuts Factory, uh, Mm -hmm. State Farm Headquarters, Illinois State University. So, like, I got sober in a college town, you know? Mm, And like. So like I when I got out of rehab like I spent like 23 days inpatient at a hospital mm-hmm. and like it was like one of those things where it's like we couldn't smoke cigarettes or like watch sports or anything what? because they were worried about no like addictive behavior. Well, they would give us nicotine gum and patches and shit, but like then we had someone like sneak a pack of cigarettes and hide it in a bush mm-hmm. outside of the hospital <laughs> because uh, they would give us like a forty minute walkabout once a day where we could walk anywhere in the hospital grounds for forty minutes. So like me and another, like a bunch of other flunkies would go outside right. and like go to the cigarettes in the bush that were in a Ziploc bag and like wow this is like with nicotine patches on just chain smoking as fast as we could and wow. fucking running back in the hospital and putting like hand sanitizer on our faces yeah. to kind of like on your faces yeah because yeah. it's like we weren't supposed to be smoking right, you know right. so it's like we were doing so sanitizer masked all, like all the smells I mean and- it probably didn't but mm-hmm. like fucking we thought it did and you know so it's like but uh, yeah like we weren't like i was like i didn't i, I didn't i wasn't allowed to leave the hospital like people could come visit me every once in a while mm-hmm. but like i was in the hospital for a fucking almost an entire month oh you guys are out there looking like scientologists oh uh, we were i mean it was it was so funny because like we all had like wristbands on and shit mm-hmm. and hanging because there was cameras all over the hospital grounds so like we had to like hide in a bush to smoke a cig you know <laughs> i, can like, I hear the smoke I, yeah, coming from the bush yeah there's there's a lot of like rehabs out here where i've i've spoke at now and i've seen these people they got full packs of cigarettes i wasn't allowed to have a cell phone mm-hmm. like my cell phone was locked up in my shit like the wow. only way i could use it is like if i had to call like an insurance company or or my parents Did but they like, open up the safe and like yeah like, they, and then they would give you your phone like i i was I had no contact for you know 30 days and shit so it's like god damn it's like prison well, prison, you get a little more. At nah, least you get man. Wi-Fi in prison. Well, good prison. <laughs> I don't know what kind of prison you were going to, but <laughs> like, I mean, it was. I mean, uh, we got three square meals a day. It was decent. We did stupid group shit all day long, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, at that point, like, I was just like, I just want, like, I tried every other way. I tried like not drinking and only mm-hmm. doing drugs. I tried only drinking wine. I tried like you know like all the mix of combination. The only thing I hadn't really tried was you know like you know work in a program you know so mm-hmm. like when i got out it was like i just took suggestions because like it was like i don't want to feel like killing myself anymore yeah like, i didn't give a fuck about miracles and recovery and shit like yeah. i i just teach me how to not want to die anymore so right. i got a sponsor and he's like all right we're gonna read we're gonna read a book i said okay we're gonna read this book and you know and then mm-hmm. then he said oh you're gonna go to a meeting every day so like all right i'm fucking going to a meeting every day and i fucking hated that shit like i yeah. you know but like i had no other choice in in my head you know, yeah. like, cause I, I mean, I got scars all over my body from getting fucked up, getting jumped, like falling off of things, you know, and jumped. Just, we'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah. When, when you talk a lot of shit and you're hammered, people like to beat you up. So like, I mean, that's, that's just science. Um, but like, so like, I, I mean, 
mean, it got to the point where like I I got done trying to do things my own way. You know, like wow. it's like you you get to a point where like you've been beaten down enough and then you realize like all right my way isn't fucking working and this fucking old dude has been sober for i think at the time like 15 20 years like i you know so it's just like well he must be doing something i'm not doing you know so it's like i was like all right old man like fucking show me what the deal is you know and then i started getting involved in things like that and hanging around with sober folks but like i was still doing comedy Mm -hmm. you know like uh because i i mean i couldn't not do comedy that was the only thing i had left like i had burnt down every relationship in my life the only relationship i had was with stand-up comedy so like when i got out of rehab and shit like i went to go visit the club my first home club was called laughs in bloomington Mm -hmm. and the club owner was real cool like uh his name's adam he was real great him and his now wife went to visit me in rehab Mm -hmm. so i went to just go say hi to them and uh i I went to the club i I literally i had like 34 days sober and he's like man good to see you Do you want to do a guest spot and i'm like yeah of course but then in my head it was just like i was like I don't, I've never done comedy sober. Yeah. You know, so like people will always ask like, oh, you know, are you ever nervous to get on stage? And I, up until that point and still like till now, like I've never been more nervous to get on stage than the first time I did it completely sober. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, you know, it was running through my head. Like, what if I'm not funny anymore? What if like it was just oh, yeah. all like in my head? Maybe I was just too high to realize it, you know? And so you know, I was always taught in the beginning from, you know, like the road comics that were mentors to me, you know, you never say no to stage time. So without thinking when he asked me, I'm like, yeah, of course. And then, but mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, what did I just do? You know? And it was like a, like a, a Friday late show or some shit. And oh, it was like no. a, it was like a Friday late show too. Yeah. And like, so I just went, I went up there and I think it looks like five to seven minutes. And mm-hmm. like after the first two jokes hit, I was like, oh, what the fuck am I thinking? Like I can yeah. do this still, and that, and it melted away, and it, you know, I've never looked back. Yeah. For our listeners uh, that don't know, the Friday Late Show is literally the worst spot you can possibly do because everyone, this, it's like almost everyone's last resort unless they're like a true stand-up comedy fan and they're just there. But mostly, well, like you've been working all fucking day, you couldn't beat traffic to make the early show. Now you're at the late show. You didn't get laid. You're just trying to drink and you're exhausted at this point. And then you just ended up somehow at a comedy club and you're like, oh, I guess this is it. I, they, hopefully they're funny because I couldn't get laid. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, it's notoriously, it's notoriously the show out of anybody's weekend that they'll say was the worst, you yeah. know? So, I mean, but that, but that was the thing. Like I, like I was taught never to say no to stage time. You know, so like I just it was a knee jerk reaction and then I was thrown in into the mix of it all. And reputations at stake with a booker. I mean, dude, I was only in like I was only in the comedy like a year at this point. And the owner of the comedy club, like he was he was kind like, he, you know, that's great. Like so like, I mean, I had no other reputation other than like I was a club rat, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I was there cleaning floors and mopping and, you know, putting away tables and chairs and mm-hmm. shit like i mean i got my first guest spot on a weekend show because i sold the headliner a quarter of weed before nice. you know <laughs> so it's like it's just where i was you know so before i got sober when i decided mm-hmm. to do comedy like i was just at the club wednesday through saturday every fucking night like i would ride my bicycle down there lock it up and just be at the club and then sometimes the host wouldn't show or sometimes mm-hmm. a guest spot wouldn't show up and then that's how i got my stage time because i was just there oh it's the best thing that's the best thing. Hanging out is 
important in so in sobriety and in like what i guess whatever field you fucking do right or whatever job you do hanging out being a part of the community yeah man i mean it's like anything you want to get good at man like if uh you want to be good at basketball you hang out with motherfuckers that are dunking on you you know if you want to get day. good at skateboarding you skate with people that are way better than you because ultimately it pushes you to get better mm-hmm. you know so like i was there every weekend watching people that were making money telling jokes you know so like that's what i wanted to do i made the decision and so i just i hung out and i asked a lot of questions you Mm -hmm. know like not in the like like are we there yet are we Mm -hmm. there yet you know not in like that sense but like anybody who was willing to talk to me about comedy i i took their advice you know dude that's crazy a a lot like your sobriety that's why you went in you as as funny like as stubborn as you were with your sobriety oh yeah like i just well i got beaten to a point of reasonability like i Mm -hmm. i just couldn't live that way anymore like i was like six four i weighed like 135 pounds you know like i could see my ribs and shit you know, like I had no other options. Like my, like I was getting pancreatitis, you know, Ooh. like gastritis, like all that shit. Cause I just couldn't stop fucking drinking. Like, that's damn. the thing. People are like, Oh, like what, what made you an alcoholic? I'm like, I don't know. Whenever I touched alcohol, I couldn't stop. You know, like yeah. I just, whenever I picked up, I didn't, I didn't care to stop. I didn't want to stop. I, and I just couldn't, you know, mm. until I passed out, blacked out, got locked up, whatever it was. And that was the only thing that would stop me. And then after all those bad things would happen, I, I would come out of it and be like, oh, I'm never drinking again. And then someone's like, hey, we're going to drink this handle at this party. Do you want to come? And it was always, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. You know, you, I, just you, couldn't, I just could not stop on my own. You didn't live to drink. You drink to live. Pretty much, man. It's just like, I, dude, I saw no point in, in going through life sober. Like life at, at that point was so shitty that it was just like, well, might as well be fucked up, you know. I mean, and speaking of fucked up, what's like the most insane moments you've had, or most insane moments <laughs> you've had inside and outside of sobriety? Um, let's see. Out. I mean, so before I got sober, like there was tons of them, man. Like, I mean, I I lived in Chicago proper, like downtown for some years, and like. Uh, I got real fucked up on the red line once and I was on my way home and I was just like blacked out and I passed out um, and I woke up further north than I had started. So oh, that shit. means the train went all the way down to 95th. South side, baby. <laughs> South side. And then went all the way back north. Uh, and I woke up at seven in the morning, still on the train. <laughs> and like I looked down and someone had razor bladed my pants <gasps> open and stole my debit card and phone. What the fuck? So like that, that's a thing? Yeah. So like that's how fucked up I was is that like I was so out cold that someone had taken a razor blade and slit my jeans open to steal. Did, did they break shit. your skin at all? No, okay. they were pretty. I, Damn, I mean, that's, for, that's a for, pro. For a thief, they were pretty precise with the cutting. You know, Wait, and it wasn't your wallet was in your back pocket. No, no, no. My my debit card, and my phone were in my front pocket. You you didn't have your debit card in a wallet? It was just in your pocket. Dude, I don't fucking. I was just hanging. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> like I don't fucking. I think the wallet was. I was sitting on the wallet, yeah. so like they just they saw like like the lump in the front mm-hmm. of the jeans that uh-huh. wasn't my dick, you know? Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to steal what's ever in there. And then they fucking got in there. And, oh, man. Yeah, you like, I, I mean, I was still drunk when I woke up at mm-hmm. seven in the morning. I looked down and I was just like, hey, that's a new hole. <laughs> like, like, oh, I got hipster jeans on now. Yeah, dude. Fucking, so like, I, I you know, I, uh, so I fell off a roof in Canada once. I was <laughs> like, uh, me and my buddies were climbing fucking, 
houses, you know, and just knocking on windows to like uh-huh. we're hammered as fuck and it was cold <laughs> out. You well, know? you're like you're like freaking playing a door ditch, yeah, like, like ding dong ditch, yeah, yeah ding dong but, ditch, but on like the second floor. Yeah, so. like we were just knocking on oh. windows and shit, like, <laughs> and we had, like we had boosted ourselves up to like the second floor balcony uh-huh. and like like I. I the reason we went up there was because we saw those plastic white lawn chairs and this is like mm-hmm. Canada in the wintertime. So it was like fucking like negative 10 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you would throw the lawn chairs up in the air, it was so cold that when they hit the ground, they would shatter like glass. Wow. So we climbed up the roof to uh-huh. get to the lawn chairs that were on the balcony, you know, so we throw the lawn chairs off this fucking balcony and there's, you know, and then we're knocking on the windows and all of a sudden the fucking lights pop on in this mm-hmm. house and like, <laughs> Like, I had two choices, like, either, like, scale back the way I came down the Uh side roof and jump to the garage, Uh or just hang and drop to, drop, like, two stories down and land Mm -hmm. on my feet, and I was like, I didn't want to break my legs, so, like, Mm -hmm. I, the last memory I had was turning to jump onto, like, the shit, like, the shimmy roof, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's the last thing I remember because my feet slipped out from under me and I went two stories down straight to the ground. My buddy Stevie tells tells me this story. He's like, man, I looked up to like kind of help you down and Mm -hmm. you were just like, like straight to the ground. Like they had to drag me into the van and then take me to the Canadian hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. and like Canadian hospitals ain't free for Americans. So like, (laughs) so like I probably paid for like fucking six people's healthcare that night. (laughs) Probably. And they're like, Oh, thank you. I, you know, get out of our country. I had to get like (laughs) eight staples in my head and shit. And the the thing is, so the insanity of it all is like, I, I, so I get out of the hospital, I got eight staples in my head Mm -hmm. and like within three hours I was sharing my Vicodin with people and Mm -hmm. smoking and drinking again like cool. it just like it never stopped you as know? you do yeah because it's just like this happens to everybody everybody falls off roofs you know and then you like blame the family for having a two-story house like how dare you have a two-story house nah, i mean it wasn't there was no blame <laughs> it's just like i was happy we didn't get arrested but it's just like you know like casualties of going out and partying like that's just these things happen like and yeah. like most normal people don't like you know like that's the thing like you could drink a lot as a regular person you know mm-hmm. but then something like this will happen to you and you're like okay maybe i need to cool it for a little while mm-hmm. me i was just like oh fuck well that sucked it's you know double down you know hope it doesn't happen again fuck what's a moment out uh, inside of sobriety that you have had um like heartbreak and death and things like that like when you get sober if you're around any kind of recovery, you know, like people die and mm-hmm. that's just normal. It's right. just, you know, like the a guy that was in rehab with me, like he moved in with me, like after we got out of rehab and shit, his name was Sean and like, he was a good dude, man. He, like, sober living? Uh, no, no, no. This was just in the hospital. Like I, okay. I never lived in sober living. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, like luckily, like I knew my landlord at the time. So like when I was Ooh. in fucking, when I was in um the hospital like he's like all right when you get out like just you know take care of it you know so uh but my buddy sean moved in with me and like Mm -hmm. after a couple months he's like oh i need to live by myself i said okay you know he was just going to church and doing the church thing and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and like two months after that they found him dead in his recliner you know just drank himself to death like i don't you know like uh, dealing with heartbreak like i was like three years coming on four years sober uh, and this was this was like the epitome of what moved me out here. Like I was on tour with some friends from Cincinnati. Like it was just like a do it yourself, like independent. Mm-hmm. You know, we strung like twelve independent gigs together throughout like right. seven different cities. You know, yeah. and uh, 
I was like right outside of Columbus, Ohio. And my girlfriend at the time called me before I got on stage, like 40 minutes before I got on stage and said she cheated on me and she was leaving me for the bass player in her band. Jesus yeah, Christ. Man. Couldn't wait until you got off stage? Couldn't even wait till I got back. Like, you know, it's not like I wasn't uh, going to be gone for right. a, a shitload of time, you know? But like, so then like 40 minutes uh, later, I'm on stage working the breakup material out, uh, you know? And like after I got off stage, like I really wanted to drink, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, I, like I, it hurt like it was like the first like it was the first like real big like heartbreak in recovery that i had you know because like i dated people on and off you know but i was keeping busy and shit but like her like i was really in love with this chick and like uh the fucking bass player yeah right yeah like it couldn't have been the drummer you know yeah like it had to be the bassist it's those fat sausage fingers you know what i'm saying oh god (laughs) so but like so like i i woke up like every morning uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio is where we were staying for that part of the tour. And like, mm-hmm. I was crying, man. Like, and I had to drag my ass to some church basements and How talk to How long were you guys together? Oh, uh, I mean, fucking, it wasn't super long, but like, it was just like, I mean, long like, enough. Like, yeah, it was long enough to like have feelings for someone and then regret that I fucking had feelings for someone. Oh, like, it wasn't like multiple years or anything, but it was like six months to a year or some shit like that, where it's like when you finally let your guard down with someone, it was like in that time frame. And then as soon as I did that shit, you know, so it like was a lesson for me, like, cause I wanted to drink real bad, you know, but luckily, like, I had built, you know, uh, my recovery to the point where, um, instead of going to drink and do drugs, which is what I really wanted to do, like I drug my ass to church basements and hung out with people that, you know, I was, I've been taught to talk to about these things and, you know, and my sober friends stayed on the phone with me from city to city. Like I had wow. to drive sometimes from like Cincinnati down to like Fayetteville, Arkansas, you know? And so you're all alone in the car. Oh shit. Like, I don't know, like eight eight hours maybe something like this something crazy but so you're alone with your thoughts you know and like there's only so many thoughts you can blast out with music and podcasts you could could easily pull over for like a a bottle it's easy yeah oh 100 but also like i had to get down to the gig so it's Mm -hmm. like if i stopped i wasn't gonna like i wasn't gonna get back in the car again so like i stayed in the car and that's a very real possibility too and and i i I stayed on the phone with people like you know my my second sponsor mark stayed on the phone with me for like six hours Mm mm-hmm you know, on and off. Like, he's like, he's like, just keep calling, man. You know, keep calling. Don't stop calling. So I just kept picking up the phone. And it's like, it's super hard. Even like, even today, like even knowing what I know, like it's hard asking for help, man. Yeah. Cause you don't want to bother anybody. Right. You don't want people like, oh, here, my woe is me shit. But like, yeah. you know, like my pain was my pain, you know, yeah. like it, you know, I'm sure people have gone through and walked through worse pain. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen people walk through worse pain and stay sober, but like, at that time, like for me, like it hurt so bad that it was one of those things that I would have drank over. Like if yeah. I didn't have people to call and talk to and talk me off the ledge, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be sober. And yeah. then if I wasn't sober, like we wouldn't be having this conversation right. because like right after that, like it, and it took it, like it took another good six months to get past that shit. But like, of course, I mean, the only thing I knew how to do at that point was throw myself into comedy deeper. So like, mm-hmm. I just, I was taking any fucking road gig I could take. Like, yeah. I, I, like, I, so like, in get central, me the, get me the fuck out of here, please. Yeah, yeah. Like, so in central Illinois, like I, 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 I went to Detroit and back in one night just to do 15 minutes, you know? And that's like, that's like six or seven hours there, six or seven hours back. God I think damn. I made like 25, 
Ooh. enough to cover like gas like and i had a little honda at the time so it was about mm-hmm. breaking even you know and like i just because i couldn't sit i didn't want to sit alone my fucking shitty thoughts you know and yeah. like it was right after that too that i made the decision to move i said a year from now i'm going to move to la yeah so i started saving and i got the okay from a friend of mine out here to crash on the couch and i you know i spent a year saving up money and I, you know i was squirreling away every fucking penny i was just taking every shit gig i can take in vfw mm-hmm. halls and bars and you know burlesque shows and like yeah. fucking old folks homes whatever would pay me money to tell jokes i was just taking all those gigs while mm-hmm. still working the day job you know and mm-hmm. like uh all that money like i sold all my fucking possessions and i saved up like eight to ten grand and fucking moved out to la you know solid by the way guys if you're trying to move out eight to ten is like that's a solid number that's a solid number. Yeah, but it was barely enough. Like that's yeah. there's people that don't understand. It's, en- it's enough to get you to another job. Yeah, it's enough to well, because you don't know what's gonna happen, man. Mm-hmm. Like so, you you're know, so smart for like you know doing recon before you got out here, dude. For the two years I was here, like I was talk, I would talk to people in the scene, like how much money did you come out here with? Mm-hmm. And uh, real funny comic, I was talking to Galena. I was talking mm-hmm. to Galena. I'm like, yeah. what did you come out here with? Because she was from Ohio. Mm-hmm. So like, I came out with like four to five grand, and that was barely enough. So I doubled it. I'm like, yeah. well, if she came out with four to five and that was barely enough i'm like i'm gonna double it and i should be okay and i doubled that and i came out with like nine grand or some shit and it was barely enough because like within two months that i got here like my my car got total on the 405 i had to buy another fucking car oh yeah my engine blew too yeah so it's like you know it's the money is just to give you the best opportunity to get another job (laughs) or or at least get some footing out here and not to mention like I, I you know finding meetings that I could deal with and shit out here and like like restarting like you you're starting over from yeah. a sobriety standpoint from a comedy standpoint from a living and yeah, no matter who you are you're an open yeah. micer here yeah it's crazy doesn't matter man damn just back to your story about uh getting broken up before you did stand up I had the same thing I had the same thing where my girlfriend broke up with me yeah the the day before I had to go do a feature set and in Orange County, it was Orange County. She had broken up with me because I had my rock bottom. I blacked out, fucked up a wedding, went back home. And she was like, hey, by the way, you know, our lease is up in two months. Let's just do what we got to do so we can get out of here. And so I was like, oh, heartbroken, just ruined. And right when I get to the gig, they're like, hey, what can I get you to drink? You know, uh, I was like, ah, just give me a Red Bull. They're like, sure, you sure? We got, we got the good stuff here. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 trust me. Like, I... I just need to get through this real quick. And part of it was to be like, hey, I can be sober and I can do comedy, I guess. And I had that same fear. Am I still funny without chemicals? Am I still funny without the alcohol? And surprisingly, like, okay, first comic does not have a great set. The host is up there doing his thing. First comic, second comic, third comic. This crowd is cold. I think it was a Friday late crowd too. And I went up there and I had to do 20 minutes and I was just pissed off and I was just angry at the world and I had where I had to prove them to them. Like, I'll, let me give it all I got. Prove that I'm still funny without the alcohol. Yeah, and and that, that's a thing too. It's just like, like at, at the points where you're in the most pain, it's just like, I'm not going to not let them laugh at my shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, granted, like the rest of that tour, I was mm-hmm. making some, I was doing risky shit. Yeah. Regard, like, I'm just not putting drugs or alcohol in yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? But like, every set, like, I was just, I, I went harder because it's just like, I can't take a bad set right now. Ooh. You know, like, it's Ooh. just like, if I, like, like, I'm already on the fucking edge. And if I mm-hmm. bomb, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, like, oh, swinging for the fences, baby. Yeah. I like, love e- it. every set, dude. And, like, some of these rooms were just like, we'd have like seven people there. Like, mm-hmm. we were making just enough money 
to get to the next city, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, luckily we had a lot of friends around the country that let us crash on their floors and couches and shit, you know? And someone gave us, like, a free motel ticket, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, like a box was, of frozen burritos. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, we didn't make bank. Like, we made, we broke even. Like, we were all selling, like, we're all selling merch and shit and, like, just trying to fucking just do the thing, you know? Hey, if you break even in comedy, you've won. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you make decisions? What kind of decisions? <laughs> Is there your day to day? Um, I mean, now I mean I'm pretty fun. Like I'm pretty self sufficient now. Like, but like I still like I have a group of people I talk to. Like anything that's got to be big, mm-hmm. or like should I get spun up on? You know, mm-hmm. like uh like if someone does like if someone does me dirty or like any little thing. Like I just I have to check in with people, man. Like I don't. I don't stew on anything anymore. Like if I got to make a big life decision, like I got a crew of like six or seven people spread mm-hmm. out across the country that I trust. And they're my friends. Wow. Some, some in recovery, some not, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, these are just people that are like my people call it a home row or front row. But like, these are just my people, man. Like, you know, like I, I, and I'm fine with that. Like, there's like six or seven people I call regularly. Mm-hmm. I still fucking have the phone. I have to talk to someone on the phone because I'll bullshit through texts. Right, right. I'll bullshit through email. Like, because mm-hmm. it's easy. I can calculate my responses that way. But mm-hmm. if I'm talking to someone like a human being on the phone and I'm not doing well, you know, or simply like I just ask them how they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and that helps get me out of me. But mm-hmm. I mean, mostly I make my own decisions now based on, you know, critical thinking and not feelings you know like mm-hmm. i don't trust my emotional state most times so i got to check in with yeah. someone and usually like they're like hey man like you're being fucking crazy like think about yeah. it this way and that's just i mean that's not even a recovery thing that's just what normal fucking people do surprise you know <laughs> yeah it's like it's not so much like recovery as it is just like this is what responsible fucking human beings do they check mm-hmm. in with people you know, like, like they have people that they can confide in, people that they can be honest with. You yeah, know? that's something that I'm always working on, too, checking in with people. Like, I barely check in with my mom. So when people are telling me to call them, they want to hear from me. I'm like, why? Yeah. So, but then after I do it, it feels like 10 times better. Oh, it always does, man. And all the these fu- little things festering in my head. The and fu- I'm like, the they're fu- not a big deal. But then when I get it, when I table it, I'm like, oh, my God, that that was serious stuff. That could have turned into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's just like, I don't. I like to sleep at night nowadays. So like, I, <laughs> you know, like, so I like, I, I have to dump all that bullshit before I go to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like throughout the day, like if I fuck up or do someone dirty, I'm quick to apologize, you know? Like, it's just like, like when I say do someone dirty, it's just like, if I say something unkind to someone or if mm-hmm. I fucking, I don't know if I've just been a prick in traffic all day, like f- calling people cunts and flicking them off. Like, That's my favorite thing to do. I, yeah. But like, <laughs> You know, my girl, she told me, she's like, you can't be doing that shit out here, uh-huh. like, because you never know who the fuck's got what. I'm like, I'm from fucking Chicago. Like, I don't give nah. a shit. Like, I'm going to flick people off. Man, nobody in LA is going to do shit. Everybody's That's not pussy. true, man. Nah. Fucking some dude fucking came up to my car once. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, man. That's he, actually, <laughs> he got out of his car? Yeah. What the hell? I want to hear this story. What happened? I was at the gas station getting gas, and I was pulling away from the pump, and this dude was coming in hot. What? And like it almost hit my car, so I just stuck my finger out the window and flipped them off. And then I got caught at the stoplight on the corner. He literally left his car in the gas station parking lot and came running over to my car. And I, I mean, I drive with my windows down because mm-hmm. fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, "What the fuck, bro?" I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry, man. My bad. Just having a day." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, oh. I'm like, "Yeah, my bad, man. Shouldn't have flicked you off." 
That's insane. You did a you did a live ten you did a ten step at an intersection. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. I mean, well, I mean, what good is it gonna do fighting a stranger on the streets, man? Like, I'm fucking. See, he's so smart too because he wasn't like technically in his car. He was already outside before it happened, so that's not like a felony assault. Because if you get out of your car to fight someone, it's a felony assault. Hmm. In California, I don't know. How, I do, just, how do we know this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just basing it. I, yeah. I, I've been watching way too much CSI. I have no clue. CSI. Get the um, fuck out of here. There's, <laughs> there's got to be someone you know that has shared or something. And be like, yeah, I got a felony because I got out of my fucking car. And yeah. then you stored it in little like Alex's little brain grapes. And you're like, oh. Yeah, it's, I, it's definitely my brain grapes. I have a lot of legal <laughs> issues because I'm a, an insane person. And I'm always trying to figure out how I can get out of certain situations. That anger, son. Dude, it's not It's not good. <laughs> It's, it's fucking poison, man. Being angry is poison, dude. Yeah, so I always try to say my morning prayer. I say my prayer throughout the day. The old serenity one, you know. Yeah, man. It's, it, it really helps a lot. And just trying to, like, not focus too much energy on me. Just worrying about my girl, worrying about people. Like, we, we found a dog last night in the hallway of our building. Just a random chihuahua. Adorable. Of course it was a chihuahua. It's Always a chihuahua, right? He's running. He's our neighbors come up to us with the, with that chihuahua and they're like, Hey, do you know whose dog this is? And we're like, No, uh, we don't. And then they're like, We have cats and we can't let them just run around because it was raining last night. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh asked my girl, Hey, can we just like hang on to the chihuahua for a little bit? So we hung on to this random chihuahua, took him for a walk, called security, seeing like, Hey, is anybody looking for a dog? Eventually, like 30, 40 minutes later, we're calling security again. He's like, hey, yo, dog, the dog is, hey, yo, dog, the dog. No, (laughs) the dog is like flipping out because he's crying, scratching his door. He's like, I don't know who the stranger's house, even though he just fed me two pieces of chicken. Because we're like, oh, he looks hungry. Maybe he's running around. Wasn't a stray. He smelled too good to be a stray. (laughs) So, you know, other little things in my brain grapes that I noticed. And yeah, eventually security came knocking and the owners came back. And they're like, oh my God, there's coffee. The dog's name was Coffee, which is Jesus right, Christ. LA shit, right? LA. Yeah. Uh, a quinoa. Yeah. Oh, Where are you, Coffee? Are you upside down. Come Fucking, here. Oh, little cold brew. There's, cold my, brew. there's my little macchiato. Jesus. Yeah, so they came and they're just so happy to see him. And the dog looked super guilty. But I was like, hey, I, I did my good deed for the day. I could have easily been yeah, like, hey, now you fuck can call like this. three people cunts on the highway. Exactly. Like, that's how it all balances that's out. That's my reward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay <laughs> oh that's funny Dave what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself um I don't know that I'm like that I'm worth a damn like, wow. I, like that, I have, that, what? I have, that I have self-worth yeah <laughs> oh shit like that I like that I just like that I have just as much uh reason to be here as anybody else you oh, know love like it. I, love it. <laughs> so like I don't know dude like you know, like we do comedy and shit and like it's a fucking that's a pipe dream, dude. Like, you know, it really it's just is. like but I mean I uh you know, I know I'm I mean, I'm I'm whatever degree of funny that seven years doing this will get you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I like I know I'm a good comic and comparatively speaking to whatever, like I don't compare myself to people. I just know that I'm I've worked hard to be where I am. You know? Mm-hmm. So like it you know, like it I I'm worth 
trying to keep chasing my dreams, you know, and like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm 31, man, in 10 fucking years, if it's still not good, I can still go sell cars or some shit, you know, <laughs> like, I don't fucking, you know, like, but it's just like, sell some good old insurance. Yeah, dude, fucking, I don't know, self-worth, man, that's the probably the coolest thing. <laughs> it's like, to, that's not, a big to not look in the mirror and hate yourself, that's a pretty gnarly thing, you know, yeah, to, to appreciate your existence <laughs> and to know that people value, man. People in, that people value you for who you are. That's that's incredible. How honest are you with yourself and others? I'm gonna say ninety percent. Ninety? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'd say ninety percent, man. Because I mean, I, look, I'm still like it, at my core. Like my knee jerk reaction is to lie, cheat, and steal. Like mm-hmm. that is my that is the core of me. Um, and it's just I just don't do it as often anymore or i catch myself before i do it you know mm-hmm. you know because there was times where i'd just go to parties and i was fucking not having a good time i would just steal things and leave mm-hmm. like just because i didn't give a fuck about anybody but myself so like you know as far as being honest with people i try my best you know like i don't ever mm-hmm. try to be hurtful it's not like oh you know my rigorous honesty even like hey, it's a fucked up haircut you got alex <laughs> you know like i mean we know each other but it's just like but that's the thing. It's just like I don't. I try not to do harm anymore. Yeah. Like when I can, when I can stand it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if people ask me how I'm doing, like I try to be honest about it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, no one's a hundred percent honest all the time. That's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. I just try to be as honest as I can in any given moment, and then, you know, then if I'm not, I I, I try to not do it. You know, I try to recognize yeah. it. So. I mean, I don't even like sometimes like I don't do this anymore either. Like when I first mm-hmm. got out here, I was like, hey, good set, good set, good set. Yeah. You no. know, and then like, I didn't mean it. Yeah. I just, that was just something that you said to people. Now I truly don't say it unless I fucking mean it, you know? Oh, that's, that's okay. good. That, that's going to help you build your backbone. Or if someone tell like someone's like, hey, what do you think of my set? I'm just like, it's okay. You know, yeah. like I don't. You know, we're all fucking, we're all making cakes, man. Like, and mm-hmm. your cake is different from my cake, and people love cake, but it's mm-hmm. just like, they might not like the cake I'm making, you know? Might be, might be allergic to and your, your weak-ass cake. Well, and <laughs> out here, too, is like, like, it's just, it's unfortunate, but like, like, no one knows how to take constructive criticism, so even if I wanted to be honest with someone out here, like, they wouldn't be able to take it okay. Yeah, you'd become an asshole. Yeah, man, like, I was doing, I, like, it was like, within the first couple of months I was here, like, I was doing, like, an open mic, and the host was doing, like, fucking five or six minutes in between every fucking comic. That's gross. And then, like, at the end of it, like, I always say thank you for the stage time. It's just, that's the manners I was brought up in comedy with, you know, whether Good. it's an open mic or a paid gig or whatever, or guest mm-hmm. spot. So I walked up to the cat, I said, hey, man, thanks for the stage time. He's like, oh yeah thanks for coming he's like oh you know uh, d- did you have a good time do you think you're gonna come back i'm like uh, honestly man like i think you know i don't know you like i'm just gonna tell you this man just a piece of advice like i've been doing this a while like mm-hmm. uh you know i think you want what we all want is just like a tight fun mic you know and you can't be like doing five or six minutes in between all the other comics you know yeah. like it's just my opinion you yeah. know you do this is your show you run it however you want mm-hmm. but like if you want people to keep coming back yeah uh, you know, you might want to tighten it up a little bit. He's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. And then as I was walking away, like his girlfriend or whoever is like, well, that was a bold move. I'm like, what do you mean it was a bold move? Just to like help someone like, hey, man, like you're obviously newer uh, in comedy or fucking not. <laughs> or don't. a bold move. Shut up. Yeah. So it's just like, and I, I don't give advice unless someone asks, you know, mm-hmm. anymore. 
Like, and it's just weird because like, I don't know, I'll sit and watch people's sets, you know? And mm-hmm. like, if you do a joke and I think it's funny and I think of a tag, like I'll just write it on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. This is how I was brought up in comedy. I was like, hey, hey man, like uh, you're, that joke you did was funny. I thought of this line, if you can use it, cool. Oh, that's if fucking not, great. whatever. But like people don't take that shit lightly no. out here because everybody's just so afraid of someone getting something they're not going to get or whatever so it's like it's mm-hmm. you know the thing i work on on myself is just like recognizing that and you know trying not to you know do any harm even though i don't think i'm wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> you know for wanting to be helpful and contribute to the greater good of the comedy scene by saying like hey man like maybe I, and it was completely nice too like i was like hey you might not want to do six minutes in between every comic yeah because like there's I feel like in the, in the scene, there's enough room for everyone to eat. However, everybody wants to feast. Everybody wants the big, big fucking kahuna. And the thing is, until you get good enough, until you have the fucking fork and knife big enough to cut that fucking puppy. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm making a shitty yeah, analogy. Right but like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been using uh, uh, hey man, uh, where's, like, my, where's my pipe? Yeah, that's why I shouldn't have for, talked about cake. That's hilarious. Um, I feel like that. that's so. That's how it is out here because I appreciate that. Like, uh, you, you know Carmen Morales. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, one, uh, just adore her yeah. and she, she she always does that. She comes up like after I have a set, she's like, hey, hey you know that one thing? I was like, this is great. I me i like more of that because yeah. i'm like what what am i not doing yeah, that i don't I've know known, i've known carm for seven years man i Carm's i knew i knew carm when i was first starting and she was just featuring you know mm-hmm. so it's like i've been she's been my buddy for a long time and it's mm-hmm. just like that's so that's her were who who brought her up in comedy is the same people that brought me up in comedy even though they're yeah, yeah. from florida and mm-hmm. but they would all work the club that i that was my home club in illinois so like mm-hmm. a couple times a year i get to see all those all those people, you know, and they were, mm-hmm. they were my mentors, you know. Yeah, so, shout out to Carmen and the No Sir I Don't Like It podcast. Yeah, listen to it. Listen it's pretty to Carm's incredible. Podcast. Carm's good. She does that with uh, Vokey, right? Yeah, old Brian Vokey and th- those guys yeah. over there. Uh, how do you experience anxiety? Um, I mean, I think I experience it the same way everybody else experiences it. Like, I don't have an anxiety disorder, so I can't say I experience it to that degree, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, you get anxious over everything, man. Like it's just like it, it. It it's all about how much I don't want to live inside my own head, you know. Like and spin myself out on some bullshit. Like oh, I don't think that person likes me, or oh, I, my boss, and you know. So like you know, I don't. And I drink a shit ton of coffee, so I don't know sometimes whether it's just caffeine, <laughs> anxiety, or if it's just like my own insanity. But of like that's the thing. So like I experience anxiety to the degree of someone who needs to continually get out of his own head. I mean, that's why I drank and did drugs was because yeah. it was the quickest, easiest way to get out of my head. It's the best. You know, now I don't I you know I, I don't do that anymore. Not that I couldn't do it. You know, it's just I just don't like I choose not to do it. You know, I haven't yeah. found it necessary to do it. So now, like, I mean, I try to meditate in the morning, you know, mm. even if it's a minute. Like, I, I've been really like just fucking trying to um, at least meditate for one minute every morning. One minute. Yeah. Because it's just like I, I, I'm usually good for a few minutes. But like mm. sometimes in the morning, like just to make sure that I'm building that habit, mm-hmm. I just sit for a minute. I sit for a minute with a little timer and then I just do that. You know, and then maybe, you know, after a couple of weeks, it'll be two minutes or three minutes, yeah. you know, but I mean, I need to do that. Yeah. Like I listen to a lot of jazz music while I'm driving because I need to get out of my head. Like I'm yeah, a so big you, music. You do nut. a lot of preemptive work that in the I beginning just, of the day. I just try to be aware. Yeah. You know, I try to be aware and I try not to stuff my emotions and I try to 
be honest with people and talk to people and that, that hopefully that quells the anxiety you know mm -hmm. yeah i feel like my my little practice in the morning is like i make my bed every morning that's it's right something, dog. Ugh. that's right dog you clean, gotta, you gotta make clean, that bed son man clean bed clean head oh fuck man no you know what someone told me that when i got first got sober about making the bed i'm like uh -huh. what the fuck would you want to make your bed every morning and they're like well because if you fucked up everything else in your day <laughs> you come home yeah and at least you did that right yeah, that's honestly that's I still make my bed for that reason is Damn. because there's some days where you that's just it. where you just not communicating well with people yeah. and you feel like you've just fucked up getting in trouble yeah. doing whatever you yeah. know and then you come home it's like okay like I can at least say that I made my bed today I did one thing right today <laughs> oh man that's so true I, I, I try always to uh, I always try to do my bed I've done it almost every day since I've been sober and then how much time you got now uh i got 16 months 16 the 17th month is a bitch just to let you oh, know oh is it is that when i like no, i'm really I fucking I just, okay <laughs> dude, you could have said four years and i would have been like man the fifth year is uh, a fucking you're gonna fucking get taken to the rigor <laughs> dude my first grand sponsor had like 43 years one time Good like a birthday and i walked up to him I'm like hey man like his name was dave too i was like hey dave 43 years that's a big deal man he's like thanks man i'm like i'm like I hear the 44th year is a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like you had any yeah, authority. Like like, oh, that's great. Uh, and also I, I try to do my good deed for the day. Just letting, even if it's down to like letting someone in traffic or holding a door, one little tiny effortless thing that, you know, it's not like I, I got a hot date every night, you know, frick, take 30 <laughs> seconds out of your day to be nice to someone. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I try to do things, uh, like that sometimes but uh -huh. sometimes i don't like i'm not i'm not good at this dude like i don't mm -hmm. do this sobriety thing perfectly like yeah. i don't not even close but like it's just the difference between me you mean you're not a sober savant no nah, man i ain't dropping spiritual bombs on people like fucking <laughs> like i just on any given day dropping the mic after everything you say about sobriety yeah, <laughs> yeah. on any given day like i want to stay sober just a little bit more than i want to get fucked up Mm -hmm. You know, and on any given day, like I care more about helping you just a little bit more than I care about helping myself, you know, and right. as long as I can keep that going, I'll be all right, you know? Hell yeah. Dude, what defects of character have you worked on the most? Do we ain't got enough time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, like it's just uh, being on time to things, you know, like Ooh, punctuality. It, that's a big one. You know, it's funny. Like the background on my phone right now is uh -huh. a defects of character list, so I can Holy keep, so I can keep them in my mind. <laughs> Number one. <I'm> <laughs> no, yeah, like dude, there's there's like fucking my sponsor. He showed me this list, and I'm like, I'm gonna make that my phone background. And he laughed at me, but it's just like. So as long as I'm aware, like, so like, I'll run through them quick. It's just like resentment, anger, fear, cowardice, self-pity, self-justification, self-importance, self-condemnation, like, like negative self-talk, guilt, right. lying, evasiveness, dishonesty, impatience, hate, false pride, phoniness, denial, jealousy, envy, laziness, procrastination, insincerity, negative thinking, moral thinking, you know, Ooh. like uh, greed. You know, criticizing, you know, gossip. Like, so I, like, I look at this and, like, so if they crop up in my day, I could just be aware that that's happening and try mm -hmm. to not do it. Yeah. You know, so, like, I, I mean, I'm not so much working on my character defects as I'm, like, I'm putting it out into the spirit of the universe that, mm -hmm. like, I would not like to be a selfish, self centered prick today. Yeah. So, like, if I put it out there, hopefully I get it back. And if mm -hmm. I'm conscious of, all those things that I just rambled off too quickly, but like it's just like I, I stay aware and present more today than I previously did, you know. 
That's that's incredible that you keep that on your background, and it's oh, that's only recent, man. Just because I, I mean, I've been having a rough go of it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that that's smart that you do that. You 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 prime the pump for like your antecedents, you know, the things that trigger all your behaviors. Yeah. So if you have that right there in the front of your brain, and you're like, oh, I'm getting that thing. Oh yeah, I remember I, I read that earlier today. Something happens in your brain in your subconscious that helps you avoid that crazy situation i don't know i'm explaining it to myself more so oh yeah dude i do that shit all the time like i i can help you more than i can help my like that's i will give you advice all day long but i won't take my own advice (laughs) dang that's incredible so how do you experience forgiveness um i mean man it's just it's just about letting go dude and knowing i'm not the fucking boss you know like i just even that, even that girl that broke up with me, it took a while to forgive her. But it's just like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that pain that when she broke up with me, like I mean, I mean, how forgiven is she? If I'm still talking about it now, of course. but like, but I mean, I, it, I'm just speaking in generality, right, right. you know. Um, it's if it wasn't for that pain, I can be grateful because I wouldn't be here. Like it was enough pain mm-hmm. to get me to change yeah. my situation and leave, you know, because it's just like, I was in central Illinois, man. Like I was working the road. I was doing mm-hmm. okay. You know, rent was cheap where I was living. Like yeah, I, that whole market, the whole trifecta is just yeah, like incredible. Like so how many comedy clubs are right there? Like 45 comedy clubs. I mean, there's a lot, that. dude. Like, I, I mean, I just, I would draw like a, like eight to 16 hour radius and just mm-hmm. work any gigs and, in that diameter you know so like i mean but you know so forgiveness is just like uh, the person that i have the hardest time forgiving is me you know on any Mm -hmm. given day like i'll forgive you all day long Mm -hmm. but like for me like if i fucked up or if i you know like so that's why like the the whole part of recovery the inventory process and shit like that like Mm -hmm. you know like my person the person on number one on my resentment list was me you know, like I, I like I am my own worst enemy on any given day. I'm not writing enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not mm-hmm. getting up enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like when you asked earlier, like what is the, what, like what, what's like your biggest, like, uh, you know, achievement or whatever. It's just like, I, like I like myself today yeah, a little bit, you know? <laughs> Damn. The, see, I had the opposite experience when I was writing my <laughs> resentments list. It was everybody else than me sure. <laughs> i was like oh no i'm never the problem i'm a perfect little peter and that that's uh that's creepy as shit perfect yeah, it, peter yeah that's, it's <laughs> so it's so creepy but but the thing is it's just like like i don't you know my problem is like i'm a self-destructive motherfucker like i mm-hmm. i will light it all on fire and walk away mm-hmm. i've burnt down so many relationships so many jobs you know and things mm-hmm. like that and i just i do that less today yeah you know there's always a part in the back of my head that just wants to say fuck it you know like even moving out here was hard man i don't give myself enough credit you know like for surviving out here like i don't mm-hmm. like it just i you know i i moving the big change like i wanted to get fucked up as soon as i got out here because it's oh, just yeah. like a weed's legal and shit i could just mm-hmm. go buy a joint at the store like and i'm still a hippie at heart man like right. i think weed should be legal as it is like i think right. that's a great thing but like i am a self-sabotaging motherfucker like that's still that's a defect it that is just not as glaring as it used to be wow dude that's that's great that you've done all that inventory on yourself yeah, i'm doing I'm, I'm on the verge of another four step so y'all are gonna be on it you hey. you oh, another four everybody, step. everybody <laughs> i hate I the said, fucking four step that took me the longest i said that shit at my home group on sunday i was just like uh you know i'm on the verge of another four step and uh, all of you are on it and they all laughed <laughs> and 
I was like, I mean, like, I was serious. Yeah. I'm like, every, <laughs> yeah, dude, because it's, it's a transition, man. Like, recovery out here, like, even though, like, the, the, the spine of recovery in general, depending on what you do, you know, like, I don't advocate for any one group specifically, you know, like, however you find a way to get out of yourself and repair you know the wreckage of your past go for it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i don't what works for me might not work for you but like i just Mm -hmm. you know i found that this doing this way is just you know being in a a 12-step program for me Mm -hmm. it's just that's the way i do it it doesn't work for everybody you know people die like i just i found a way to keep to keep it on the, on the straight and narrow doing this, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. moving to Southern California versus being in the Midwest, it's just different, man. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I wow. try to stay conscious of that. And it's just, it was hard. It was the change. Change is is not easy for, for this alcoholic. You know, it's just not. You know, I don't like change. Even if shit's bad, like, at, at least if it's bad, it's consistently bad. And I mm-hmm. know how to deal with consistent bad. Oh man, don't we all? We we love consistent chaos. It's what we're seeking. We see consistent chaos as alcoholics. I'm always trying to fuck shit up just so I have something to deal with. I'm like, come on, make the baby cry. Oh right, that's also creepy. <laughs> what has been your most surprising amends and/or apology? Um, I mean. Like I made amends to an old roommate. This is gonna sound dumb, but it's just like I guess this will give example of like the how small the things can be that send us the fuck out. Mm-hmm. It's like I used to steal change and socks from an old roommate of mine. You know, yeah, he, he his piggy bank was like a, a yeah, a, like a sock so, bank. Well, no, so like when I was still drinking and shit, and I was broke as fuck. Like mm-hmm. I would go into his room and I would steal like like a buck or two out of his change jar so I can go mm-hmm. get a tall boy. Mm-hmm. And then like, I would steal like a pair of socks, you know? Okay. And like, so like literally like a year and a half, so two years into, be in, into recovery, like I owed this dude an amends and like, I didn't want to do it. And my <laughs> friend at the time, she, my friend's like, yeah, man. Cause you know, fucking embarrassing that is like walk up to another adult, another adult and be like, uh-huh. yo, Hey, like fucking, I used to steal money from you. And like, socks <laughs> so like what i did like i went and i was like okay i gotta do this so i went and like it wasn't much money over the yeah. spirit like i was like i was like all right i'm just gonna go get a pack of socks sure a fresh pack of socks and like yeah. i give the dude 20 bucks you know Solid. like and like i told him like hey man like i gotta tell you something like you know before i got sober like i used to steal money from your room and socks mm-hmm. so can you please accept this pack of socks and 20 dollars <laughs> as an amends <laughs> And it was like, he, he was just like, yeah, oh, man, great. like, of course. And, you know, and he's like, I wasn't the best roommate either and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, just let it's me. not about you. No, but I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it was surprising that the shit works. Like, so mm-hmm. like, that's the most surprising thing was even on such a minute scale mm-hmm. because I am, am, am my basis, a thief, you know, yeah. like just to do that, the act of making an amends to someone, even that small. It meant like I, and I never thought about it again. The only time I ever talk about it is when people ask me about the amends process, you know. Yeah. And it fucking it was in the back of my brain, yeah, for almost a, two years in a recovery. Fucking cancer, socks and change. Of course, every little thing. Those like are a fucking hobo, dude. Those are the embers that can burn down an entire village. Poetry. I just wrote that. You like it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, so what does your spiritual practice look like day to day? 
I mean, now that I'm out here in the West Coast, like uh, every Sunday I go to the beach. Uh, so like every Sunday, every Sunday I'm on the beach and I sit and there's the ocean and like it reminds me that I'm not the biggest thing in the universe. Um, like, like I pray, but like I'm not a religious cat. So like I talk to like the universe, like a crazy person, you know? <laughs> Like everyone in LA. Yeah, like, like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I just, I, you know, I meditate with as much regularity as I can muster, even if mm -hmm. it's a minute, you know. Hey. Um, that, like, the prayers are not, like, I don't get on my knees or anything, not knocking anybody who does. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I've got a shitty ass right knee. Mm -hmm. So, like, <laughs> like, I don't, like, I'm afraid that if I get yeah. down on my knees, I ain't going to be able to get back up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, I'll sit in my bed and then just, like, say to the universe, like, I'm, thank you for this bed that i'm about to sleep in because a lot mm -hmm. of people don't have beds like yeah. thank you for giving me another sober day because once i let go and like gave it up to like you know whatever energy is out there that as long as i keep putting good into it i'll get good back you know for lack of better terms yeah uh, that's when things got easier for me you know like i i believe in taking a little bit of knowledge from all different types of spirituality and like finding a, a method uh that suits me you know, like I, I read, pray, meditate, whatever you got to do to get you out of you, just do it. And that's what I do. Yeah. Prayer, yeah. prayer is like the biggest ego check you can think of. Yeah. Someone told me that like, uh, and the only reason I say God is so you know what I'm talking about. Like it's right. just a, 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 it's just a, 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 like a placeholder for me. So like mm -hmm. someone told me that uh, prayer is talking to God and like meditation is listening. You know, mm. and like I can pray all day long, but if I'm not sitting still and like listening or like calming my brain enough, you know, mm. and this is not a religious thing at all for me at all. It's just like I I deduce that I am not the center of the universe and that if I allow the universe to take care of me mm -hmm. and not worry and just know that whatever happens, I'm going to survive, then that's when life got easier. You know, like when people talk about the higher power, you know, I had to conceptualize it on something like, you know, like the universe. Like, so there is a universe. So it's bigger mm -hmm. than me. I'm not it. So, okay, I'm going to try to do no harm and try to do the next right thing. Dude, I've heard a speaker call it UE, universal energy. Yeah. And, and that was interesting. I, I don't use it, but I just like the whole concept of it. That was really cool. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes to get you to know that you're not it. You're not the center of the universe. And you answered our last question, which was, uh, wh what's your relationship with your higher power look like? So, man. When I first got sober and they told me to pray, I was just like, higher dude, please help me not <laughs> fucking choke up my boss at this pizza parlor that I'm hey, working bro, at. bro, you up there, bro? Hey, bro, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, dude, bro. bro. Hey, we, we vaping on up there, bro. Hey, God. You, you floating on the vape clouds up there, God. You, <laughs> you, you chucking clouds, my dude. <laughs> you vape comp, vape comp, God. <laughs> well, damn it, Dave. Damn all, it. all that brought us here today yeah. for that podcast. Thank you so much for You're coming welcome, through. Man. I really, Thanks really appreciate me. it. Yeah, man. This, I, this was great. Yeah, and if anybody wants to check me out, I'm at Yates Comedy on Twitter, at Yates Comedy on Instagram. Uh, I make and sell my own brand of hot sauce called yeah. Ha Ha Hot Sauce. Uh huh. So that's my merch. So if you like delicious hot sauce, hit me up at Yates it's Comedy. It's fucking delicious. I'm from Texas, so I have some kind of authority on hot sauces, I feel. <laughs> and I tasted it and I was like, okay, that's hot sauce. All right. 
It's yeah, good. man. I make delicious hot sauce. Uh, so yeah, hit me up at Yates Comedy. I mean, if you're struggling in recovery, like I'm pretty accessible. Just mm-hmm. shoot me a message. Like I can't save anybody, but if you want to talk, like fuck Dave is one out. of the most friendly people out there. So please hit him up at Yates Comedy. Can you spell that out? Y a t e s c o m e d y. And you can find me at Dapper Duong on all social media at Dapper Duong. D a p p e r d u o n g. And you can find our co-host Anna. Shout out to you. You're here in spirit at. Anna V is fun. Check her out on Anna Valen's Way of Comedy. She's all over the place. Anna's great. Like I, I, I wish she was here because like I she, know. she did a sober living that um, I'm uh, involved with. She did uh-huh. comedy at a sober living <laughs> that like I help <laughs> with. So I wanted to see what her experience was at that place. Yeah, and you guys could totally hit it off on the dead stuff. So no, we've, oh, man. we've met before. Like I know right. Anna. So no, fantastic. But thank you, Anna, in spirit for letting me do your podcast with uh, Alex. Hey. Dave, if nobody told you today, I love you, bro. Love you too, buddy. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Touch hands. Touch hands. We're getting saucy up in here with my perfect Peter. Thanks, Comedy Store. Thanks, Comedy Store. Always. Guys, this has been 12 Questions Podcast. We're out. Thank you. We love you. That was fantastic. Thank you, Dave. That was so much fun. Oh, man. I feel like every time I do... One of these, it's like doing two meetings. It's, it's really refreshing. Yeah, they say, uh, they say-